Welcome to the Everyone's a Critic <sighs> Movie Review Podcast 1993. Wow, we are moving on up. Oh, we got we got to process equipment and such and whatnot. It's beautiful. It's uh, beautiful. Yeah. Who are you? I'm Sean Patrick, film oh, critic. Right. To this show. You're oh, Amy. I'm, I'm Amy Sheehan. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's Amy Sheehan. And uh, MJ Gallagher. I MJ guess. Gallagher. <laughs> Here we are. We're not ashamed. Nerds, we're we're joined by Robbie the cardboard stand-up and Chewy the dog. <laughs> there is a Robert Sheehan stand-up that has been here every week. It's gone uncommented upon. It's true. It's true. We ordered a, a Jurgen one, but it hasn't come in, and we have a Paul Rudd one coming as well. So, uh, visit us on the Everyone's a Critic uh, social media pages, and of course, uh, Amy's in charge of the Patreon. She's put up a little sign outside of her house that says. Uh, Leave money here. Yep. It's a little basket, just like if you go to church on Sunday, just pass it along. <laughs> just bring it back. It's an honor, honor jar, really. Uh, this week, two movies to two. talk about. We're going to start with Dave. Yeah, because MJ couldn't be with us uh, last week for Carnosaur. You missed a, a brilliant film, by the way. Yeah, don't Google Thrush. <laughs> I definitely won't. That sounds terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, you've never had it. I'll discuss that later. Wouldn't that be even more terrifying? Well, I, you know what? That'll only be on the Patreon, is, is me talking about Thrush for hours on the Patreon. And that will just be you standing outside on the street corner. <laughs> right. That's talking right. to ask random people. Ask me about Thrush. <laughs> Don't, it's not ask me about my Thrush, just about Thrush. And all I'll do is I'll just Google it and show you pictures of it. <laughs> anyway, Dave. 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 An actual good movie. Yes, yes. We, uh, the, were, we loved it. The story here is Kevin Klein plays a guy who impersonates the president. Uh, he, he gets recruited to be the president's impersonator, and when the president dies, uh, he nearly, nearly dies. Nearly uh, he's dies. called upon to replace the president by uh, the evil Franklin Jella and the slightly less evil Kevin Dunn. <laughs> <laughs> Franklin Jella plays the evil so, so well. So, He's kind of the worst part of the movie. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's evil. He's like so malevolent. It's like it, it throws off the balance a little bit. It's his face, though. Like, I feel bad for him. He was born with that <laughs> evil face. Resting bitch face. Resting, <laughs> resting Langella face. <laughs> which I think we all have a bit of inside us all, don't we? He wow. serves cunt. He serves cunt. <laughs> all the time. Cunt Langella. <laughs> oh, there's so many people who hate that word, and I don't care. <laughs> and I'm talking about Langella, obviously. Obviously? Yeah. Anyway. I mean, we've said thrush enough. Why can't we say cunt? That's true. Um, That's true. <laughs> oh, I, I've got, I've got some, some grosser ones coming, so just hang on. <laughs> coming from uh, the, our next movie, but we'll talk about Sliver later. Yep. yep, yep. Um, oh. Dave, uh, first of all, MJ, you loved this, right? I really enjoyed it. It was... One of the best ones. Yeah. This is a rare political movie that is completely, as, as strange as the kind of the setup is, it's, it's strangely uncynical. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's for like, especially like a, a 90s movie, it, to me, it was, it was just one of those 90s movies that you look back on and you think, yeah, you know, that, that's when my, my, my teenage years were happy was seeing a movie like Dave. You know what I mean? I know we've got Sleepless in Seattle coming up too as well later on in this year, but um, that's another movie that gives you those those warm fuzzies. And even though, even though obviously, um, this has some randy moments in it, it's still it's just a heartwarming, good time. I, I was prepared to hate Sigourney Weaver in this movie because I thought she's going to come off as a shrew. 
And then you end up really loving her, which is so great. There's not a person that you don't love aside from Cunt Langella. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, the original, you know, the original president isn't a good guy either. No, no, yeah. uh, the all. first version that Kevin Klein plays, the actual president is a is a lying, cheating, sleazy. By the way, Laura Lenny cameo. Hello. I uh, what? Well, I didn't even know she was. I don't. And I, I remember seeing this, but I didn't remember her in it. Yeah. And she, ew, she. She does the dirty with the dirty president. Too. <laughs> wow. Love Laura Liddy. Yeah. And, oh, you know what? Who else had a cameo in this? Bonnie Hunt. Oh, yeah. There was Bonnie Hunt. She was like a tour the, leader. Uh, the tour guide. Yes. Yeah. It was pretty cool. Like Good her. to see. Good to see. Yeah. And uh, uh, of course, the great, uh, oh, God, I forgot his name, playing Merle. Um, oh, uh, 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 Char- uh, Charles Grodin. Charles Grodin. Amazing in this movie. And here's the thing about him is that he's not, he's not really in it. A lot. No, but when he shows up, he make he makes the most of his minutes. Is yes. what he does. Yes, he's a, he's a he's a good pal. <laughs> he's a good pal. Wow. So Kevin Klein becomes the uh, president of the United States, essentially taking over for the real president. And Langella wants to use this to kind of manipulate him into position to set himself up to become the president. But uh, Dave just proves to be a really good guy who just wants to do good things for people and. His, and it, it's amazing to watch a movie where just the goodness of someone just overwhelms the rest of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And it actually like ends well rather than like blowing up in his face. Yeah. Yeah. Well, beyond that too, it's like when you, when you watch Kevin Klein, which again, it was fun to be able to share with uh, MJ that this is Mr. Fish Oder from Bob's Burgers. That was awesome. So then you're putting like that, that face to a name kind of thing. Yes. But every time, and we're talking about good, you know, the good guy, the good Kevin Klein mm-hmm. in this one, um, when he's on screen, you smile. Like, you don't even realize you're smiling. He just, he brings that energy to it, so. Yeah, he's energetic, he's charming, he's sweet. <laughs> yeah, he's, he, you want him as president, really. When he sings his little hail to the chief song while he's in the shower. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh, uh, so I, I remind just to remind people. So during this, uh, him playing the president, basically, uh, his wife, who is the first lady Sigourney Weaver plays, um, she is unaware uh, up until a certain point where, you know, Dave's going along and he's a lot more jovial. He's a lot different than the man that she married, a lot different. And also, you could tell, like, Dave was actually really um, attracted to the first lady. You know, he's just, you know, you could tell that there was chemistry there. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess for me, it's that had to build. You, you could tell that they, they built that. They took just the right amount of time to build up for her to figure out. Yeah, you're you're not my <laughs> husband. But that that hailed to the to the chief when he's singing that in the shower. And she walks in. I thought for sure when she saw his dick. <laughs> that is not the president of the United States. <laughs> you know. He had a giant dick. Yeah, exactly. The other one? Pencil dick. Pencil dick. We'll go over that more later, too. Pencil dick. Um, yeah, So, but I really like how they, how they came together. I really like... How, how they kind of slowly built because you know she's doing all these initiatives she's right. she's caring about the homeless and and trying to take care of these people the actual president has a aneurysm and is yeah. put into a coma and so that's when they hire Dave and they dress him up and make him the president and uh, then he goes about uh, uh, basically Frank Langella goes about just running the country like signing bills and shit and yeah 
once he's accidentally signs a bill like gets rid of homeless shelters uh dave's like no 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 we need those yeah yeah, and he yeah. actually just steps up and does the right thing and gets the homeless shelters put back into the back into the budget by having his buddy Merle, an accountant, <laughs> come to the White House and they just kind of go through the numbers together. Well, that and that's the funny thing too, because if you recall, um, you know, he he gets really upset with you know Langella because Langella doesn't want doesn't want that. He wants to get rid of all these homeless shelters. Yeah, homeless and he's like, shelter. he's like, you know what? Fine. Uh, <laughs> you, you want the bill so bad. You find a way to cut $650 million from the, from the budget. And then he, Dave really took that to task and figured out how to get rid of everything and did it just right in front of him, which he was great. figured out how to pay for it. Oh, yeah. and it, it pissed, it pissed Langella off so bad. That was a great so scene though. Like oh. when he walk, when he takes over the, he, so he walks into a cabinet meeting and he's like, is determined to get this, get the money for the homeless shelters and, and uh, he sits down in front of the cabinet. He's there's cameras there. Kevin Dunn has arranged to have this be fully on camera on C-SPAN, yeah. and that puts Langella in a position where like he can't do anything. He can't stop it. Yes. So, yes. so like Dave just runs the meeting, going through everybody's budgets, going, "Okay, we can cut this. We can cut this. We can cut this." <laughs> and Langella's just seething. I've got to destroy these homeless people. What is he doing? I know, but. But why, you know? Literally. <laughs> He's such a it's, horrible person. And it's like, why? if he can find a way, what is that going to really do to him? Yeah, like, what harm could that possibly have? <laughs> what what effect would that have? You know, We're not, we're not nitpicking the movie. We're nitpicking <laughs> Frank Langella because the movie's pretty yes. great. Like I said, that's a great scene. It is. That's a, I think that's probably my favorite scene <laughs> in the film. Honestly, is it's that. so well done. Mm-hmm. Like, they, he just takes control of everything and everybody's like everybody else is like oh wow okay he he's doing something cool well and and part of it too i think is um cuz you know obviously the first lady's really pissed when she finds out that you know they're going to be getting yeah. rid of these homeless shelters cuz that's one of her initiatives and she just lets him have it and you know that he was heartbroken after he yelled at her he looked like a, a scared puppy yeah so part of it you know was really for her you yeah. know yeah. and you could tell and i think that was one of my again, one of my favorite little moments. You could see it in her face. She was just like, "Oh, yeah, yes. okay, yeah." He... You're definitely not the real president. No, no. <laughs> and your dick is huge, by the way, because that is big dick energy. What you just did. Bless it. Bless it. The less fun, I think, for both MJ and I was the scene later where the president takes the first lady out of the White House, and they go out into, they go out alone to get ice cream, and they get caught, and then he has to come up with an act to convince people that they're impersonating the president and the first lady. Yeah, yeah. That was painful. That Why? was really painful. Well, it was just so awkward and embarrassing, and I don't like scenes like that where it embarrasses me. Yeah. Like, Secondhand embarrassment. <laughs> yes. Sigourney Weaver is, like, so <laughs> uncomfortable with that whole thing. What are these things? Somewhere over the rainbow or yeah, something? Yeah, something like that. Oh, wait. <laughs> I don't know. I had my ears plugged during that part. I was like, mm-mm. See, that's when you guys need to give yourself permission to feel and uh, to allow yourself to just watch it and get through it. Now that's the that's the feeling we were having. It was is, that is the second the secondhand embarrassment. We're embarrassed for you saying that. What, yeah. giving yourself permission? <laughs> How about I give myself permission to tell you to fuck off? Because <laughs> I just did. It, I thought that was a cute scene. I mean, again, I, I could see both of you recoiling as it was going on. It's like honestly, they could have just told people who they were, they would have gotten off without anything. <laughs> just tell them you're the president? 
Yeah, I just escaped be like, from the White House. I'm I'm just I'm going for a drive with my wife. Like there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Let me go. <laughs> but was it a stolen four door sedan that they were in? I mean, that wasn't even I, his car. Where did they even get that? Where car? did they get the car? I think I it had to have been there already at the White House. Maybe, Maybe it was Ben Rames' car. It belonged. Yeah, it belonged to an employee, which ben I think Rames that'd plays be great. The 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 uh, the, set of the Secret Service agent. So weird to see Ving Rhames like that. With that much hair? With that much hair. <laughs> but again, he, and, and he really warms to Dave. Like, you could tell he just adores this guy and loves working for Slowly him. Slowly it comes. Slowly, Because he yeah. plays yes. it very straight. Like, yeah. early on, he sets up that uh, Dave says to him, like, oh, so you'd take a bullet for the president. And he's like, that's the job. And he's like, so you'd take a bullet for me. And he won't say anything. Yeah. <laughs> but by the end, Dave i take a bullet for you. Oh, <laughs> Dave and bullets. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Did you have any, any nitpicks about this film? I mean, just that one, basically. Just that one? <laughs> that would be it? It was such an obvious line. You're right. It was such an obvious tee-up for it's later st- on. still cute, though. It was adorable, yeah. though. Like, the yeah. whole movie is way too adorable to be mad at. Yeah, it's and, and it's hard to say that about a 1993 film. It right? really is. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's really not sweaty. Is. It's not angry. Yeah. It's not... We only had one one moister moment, I think, <laughs> and that was when the, the bad president's doing Laura Linney. Oh. And then he has his yeah. aneurysm or whatever. Yeah. And, uh... Yeah, he was, he was a bit moist. I think he deserved <laughs> to be moist. I agree. <laughs> We're making that, like... <laughs> That's your sentence. <laughs> now you're going to have to be moist in it, you know? So, uh, yeah, but, but again, a fairly dry film for, yes. for 93, I would say. Did you know that this is sort of like very, very loosely based on a true story? What? Huh? <laughs> very, very loosely. There's no actual, there's like no Dave involved in the real story, but... That we know of. In 1919, Ooh. Woodrow Wilson was president and became uh, very, very ill to the point where he could not do his job. And his wife stepped in and did everything. She essentially wow. was secretly the first female president of the United States because she stepped in and was signing bills. She was stepping in for him in, with uh, cabinet members. She was uh, signing his name on stuff. She was running the country for a good six months while he wow. was completely out of commission. I had no idea. That is so cool. That is really fucking cool. <laughs> right on. <laughs> so yes. we don't ever have to like really acknowledge Woodrow Wilson. Can we just say it was his wife the entire time? <laughs> yes. Because let's be honest. I mean, if she did that much work, she'd been doing it for a while. You'd have to have experience. Oh, yeah. He was totally the front man. Yeah. 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 <laughs> He's the beard. They were a, <laughs> Literally. They were a power couple for yeah. sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no. The only thing that, that I think Dave was missing for me is a great uh, 1993 soundtrack. Mm. You know? Yeah. Decent, decent music. Because um, it was basically just score, I think. Wasn't it? Yeah, no needle drops, as I can recall. Yeah, and, and really, we all need one of those. Especially in a movie called Dave. <laughs> you know? I think. But... Overall, yeah, I mean, it just, and, you know, all three of us were just kind of in a good mood after we watched that movie. So if you are in a shit mood and you're saying to yourself, I have to watch a film from 1993 today, pick Dave. It's just charming, right? It's, it is. It's just sweet, and Kevin Klein is just kind of <laughs> wonderful in it. He's just kind of, 
he's delivering in both performances, but especially as Dave. He's yes. just like, it's just so good. I'm getting the, um, the in and out vibe again. Cause I, I loved him in in and out. So it's <laughs> like, it, well, I, I just love Kevin Klein. I mean, honestly, I, I struggled to find a movie that I, I haven't liked with him in it. Um, life is a house. I've never seen that one. Do not see life as a house. It is absolute trash. Life as a house. Oh, it's such garbage. It is absolute. Like, it is just treacle. As a house? What does that mean? The house uh, that he has is like representative of him rebuilding his life because he's building a house and rebuilding his relationship with his son, Hayden Christensen. And Oh, well, there you go. It's, it's so bad. Oh. It's just treacle. Okay, well, I would recommend then A Fish Called Wanda. I, I don't, I'm not a big fan of that one either. Love that movie. But again, you have to, I mean, it, it's yeah. all, it helps if you're a Python fan too. So, and then, um, what is it? Is it the January man? <laughs> yes. Don't watch the January man again. Watch it. Do not watch it. Again. Watch it. If you watched it once and enjoy it, live with that memory. Oh, I tried, you, I tried oh. watching it again. Cause, uh, how did this get made? Did January man? And I was going to, so I watched it again before I listened to the podcast. I'm like, Oh, no. Okay. I'm not, I'm not going to pay attention to that because I have great memories of that movie. So I just love, I, I love Kevin Klein. Yeah. So yeah. But yeah, Dave fucking fantastic. Please go the, watch it. The best Kevin Klein performance to you. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think there's a better one to you, <laughs> but I, you know, yeah. Cause I, I, I think in and out. That's that's I, I love that performance. I've not seen In and Out in years. <sighs> I, I worry that it doesn't hold up. Uh, I saw <laughs> bits and pieces of it the other day. I just happened to be flipping stuff. Yeah, and uh, I, I would go back to it every once in a while. But it still, to me, it still holds up. It's still got some some zingers. Okay, and it's Kevin Klein. So check it out. Check it out, or just watch Bob's Burgers <laughs> and watch heavy fish odor episodes. <laughs> Thanksgiving. The Thanksgiving uh, episode? Yeah, there's that Thanksgiving episode. There's also, um, uh, what was the one? The Thanksgiving, oh. they have it at his house, and he pretends that the Belcher kids are his kids. Yes, there's also the one with um, where he's singing a lot in the one with Gene as Edison. Yes! In their lovely sing-along love story. Oh, with, with Megan Mullally, they do their, their um, electric junk. Yes. Yes. Fantastic. <laughs> they yeah, they sound beautiful together, by the way. So yeah, fantastic. Fully He's recommend. Also, they're also very prominent in the Bob's Burgers movie. Yes, he is. Yes, yes he is. There's I, I you'd be hard pressed to find um an episode of Bob's that Fish Odor is featured in that, where he's not hilarious. Yes, that I, I don't think that there is one where he's not hilarious. Oh bourbon. <laughs> bourbon. I have that in my is head. It, is it Zach Galifianakis who he's paired with? That's his brother. Yeah. Yeah. Good times on there. <laughs> and his brother decides to make over Bob's bathroom. That's one of that's one oh, of my favorites. Oh my God, with the, the Swiss toilets with no seats. <laughs> I don't know why I would just never expect Kevin Klein and Zach Galifianakis to vibe that well. I know. I agree. Well, I, 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 to, to, when they announced, I remember what right when they were doing production for the first season of Bob's Burgers, and I remember they said that Kevin Klein. No, no there's a picture of Kevin. And Eugene Merman and uh, John Benjamin. And I'm like, oh, Kevin Klein's going to be doing a voice with, with my favorite people in the world. Some of my favorite comedians of all time. Kevin Klein's going to, and I loved him. And I thought, I wonder what they're possibly going to have him do. And man, did they pick the perfect character for him. <laughs> he just, he embodies fish odor. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. 
But it's a it's he's not necessarily a villain per se, <laughs> but it, it is a it, it's certainly not like the Kevin Klein type at the point that he takes that role either. No, I mean you know as I mean villain in as far as he wears an eye patch. Yes, you know, and then he's got that beautiful golf cart that he steals pumpkins on, and and also people's bikes. Also um, people's bikes. He, people keep uh, quote unquote leaving them for him. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! Yeah, there's there's just too many. Oh, Dave likes riding bikes. Dave does like riding bikes. <gasps> it's a theme. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you know what? Kevin Klein's going to listen to this podcast, and he'll be on his bike. He he listening. also rode a bike in the Emperor's Club. Did he? He did. Oh oh shit! You know, I just had a thought. Mm-hmm. The Big Chill. The Big Chill. Wasn't he in the Big Chill? I don't remember if he was in the Big Pretty Chill. Pretty sure he was in the Big Chill. Uh, Big Chill is such garbage that it is, I, I just don't care. I can't like I looked back on it and I boomer nonsense. I love the soundtrack <laughs> and I thought I loved the movie. No, you like the soundtrack. I like the soundtrack. <laughs> Turns out that was it. That's all you like. But I still love Kevin. That's Klein. it. Nothing else about that movie to like. Exactly. <laughs> MJ, what do you want to tell people about Dave? Uh, I don't know. I just I really enjoyed. It was very interesting seeing how a person with no experience, no prior experience of any sort of political background, could do so well in an office (laughs) (laughs) and better than somebody actually trained in (laughs) political things. What did you think of his uh, Jobs Act? Give every American a job? Oh, yes. That was very interesting. That he was just like... It's weirdly logical, isn't it? Like, it couldn't yeah. work. Yeah. Well, I think... And you know what? That was, that was the other thing, too, that we kind of talked about was, um, for the most part, it's, it's political, but it doesn't veer too far to one side. You know what I mean? Like, you can keep the Republicans and the Democrats. Like, back then... Um, there was decorum. You could have a conversation with somebody across the aisle. You know what I mean? Well, they, yeah, like they have all those cameos from people on both sides yeah. of the political divide. And that was I, that was really cool. And that's how it's supposed to be. I know a lot of people don't think that now, but that's how it's supposed to be. But I mean, ultimately, he was a very democratic president. Right. Ultimately. Um, she, you know, Sigourney Weaver definitely veered on the side of Hillary Clinton for I, sure. I, the cut, there's a weird cut scene where he's just shouting MAGA, but other than that, <laughs> 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 I'm glad they cut that. I I'm, all the, I was glad, I'm glad they cut that. All those people wrapping themselves in let's go Brandon <laughs> flags. You dumb fucking idiots. Let's go ignorance. Sorry. That's, that's what's going to be on my flag that faces the house behind me. <laughs> But honestly, I think they finally took it down, though. No, they just she put up her springtime one. Oh, yeah. had to change it for spring. Well, you know, it's it's either that one or it's the one that says Trump won. You know, and you know it and I know it. And uh, I saw that one outside of Princeton the other day. So it's, you know, again, you're all stupid. I mean, (laughs) I'm I'm not going to be very democratic in my ways there. But I mean, anyway, that was the nice thing about this film is that you, you saw people actually get along. You saw intelligent people in the room aside from, you know, 
you know, cunty Langella <laughs> who's just trying to trying to score it big. Which I don't know how he thinks. Like, so where would he be at in 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 the hierarchy? Because he really he wanted the, to. He was the chief of staff. Okay, so that he definitely probably. Well, I guess he wouldn't you have to be speaker. I thought it was like something get, speaker. He, he, had, he, he had to get rid of the vice president. And then that would make him first in line to run. Like, they'd be the most oh. likely nominee to run with the president dead. Right. He could step in and ca- you know, count himself as the lead, as the front runner in his party, I guess. It's been so long since I've taken government class. I don't, I don't remember shit. <laughs> uh, you'd, you'd think I'd be MAGA, you know, because I don't know anything about government. <laughs> but, uh, but no. Ben Kingsley uh, is in this movie. I loved him. He plays the, uh, the, the Boy Scout vice president. Yeah, uh, and they call him a Boy Scout. He's just a really good guy. And once Dave realizes that he's a really good guy, Dave's like, "Okay, I can step aside and let this guy be president." Yeah, like a good person would. Yes. <laughs> well, and it's weird because like Ben Kingsley also has kind of a resting cunt face <laughs> for me, right? At least. So when I saw that he was, it's like, oh no, is he going to be like the evil vice president? Like you know, it, I was just. It was, I was very relieved to find that he played a good guy in this, you know, very relieved. Yeah, that was nice. Yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a change for his face. Is Dave the best movie of 1993 so far? So far, yes. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd say that, yeah. yeah. Just ahead of Loaded Weapon? Yeah, well, yeah, Loaded Weapon, um, Dave, and then I would do Benny and June just because I really loved Benny right. and June. Right, Army of Darkness is obvious. Obviously, um, yeah. For sure, for sure. Which ones do you like so far? Leprechaun. Oh, <laughs> Leprechaun. Hexed. Hexed. Oh. <laughs> Back when I thought that that was the worst one that it, of them all, then <laughs> they then just keep topping themselves. Don't they? They really do. Just when you just when you think they can't, and then we watch that second Ari Gross movie. Oh God. What was that called again? Uh. Shit. Yep. Shit in a shoe. So, so, <laughs> something about how to how to fuck a woman <laughs> like Courtney Cox. How to fuck women out of my league. There it is. There it is. Ah, <laughs> oh, starring the Ari Gross. Sex and how to how to them. how to live with it. How to how yeah. Them, I think how to how do we live without this movie? How do we live with this movie? Anyway, that that's you know I I think that a lot that us three have really tried to push that out of our minds because it hurts so bad. 19- Not as bad as Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles too, but I mean, nineteen ninety three. Listen for a moment, nineteen ninety three. No. Stop trying to make Ari Gross happen. It's not going to happen. <laughs> it's not going to happen. No, it won't. Well. I mean, we're not done with the year. <laughs> H- have you looked ahead? Are there any I, Ari Gross movies coming up? There could be. I've not checked. I don't know. He's already been in two of them. Two of them. So I, I don't know whether he'd have time to make another one. <laughs> I, I feel in like 93 was his year for being prolific. Yeah, well, two is enough. I think. <laughs> yeah, two, two is too many. He did two and then <laughs> he just took many. a break. He did. Two too many. Well... Let's not forget the movies that he actually worked on in '93 that didn't come out till '94. Oh, God, are you are you you have one in mind, don't you? Maybe, but oh. I'm not going to name it. Don't. I yeah, if you say it three times, it might show up. It's <laughs> just awful. It's just awful. Speaking of just awful, yeah, Sliver ah. came out this weekend. Sliver. Sliver. 
Uh, what's a sliver? Uh, what's a sliver? Uh, a sliver is a terrible word. <laughs> I feel, yeah, it's like you get a little something under your skin. Yeah. That's a splinter. <laughs> oh, but you can get a sliver. A sliver I, yeah. of word. That's, uh, yeah. wood. Ah. What, wood. Not wood. 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 <laughs> it was a, there, was a, there was a sliver of this film that could have been good. Was there? I'm just trying to use the word sliver. Ah. <laughs> We're going to call it silver because I keep looking it up as I believe, silver. I believe that this was called, I believe the building in the movie is called Sliver. I did see that. But we all decided that it should be called, what, Horror High Rise? I also, I guess, like, <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I also believe it's because the movie gets under your skin. Mm. I think that's what they're going for. Go sit in your car. <laughs> <laughs> did, did the movie get under your skin, Sean? <laughs> Made my skin crawl, maybe. Oh, yeah. Made it slough off. It's like, nope. Anytime that Billy Baldwin says panties, we all should take a drink. Oh, God. A woman moves into an exclusive New York apartment building, which she soon discovers houses tenants with all manner of shocking secrets. (gasps) Oh, wait, 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 wait. It should have been a comedy. <laughs> it was comedically, uh, <laughs> comedically executed. Um, directed by Philip Noyce. Noyce! Noyce. Uh, nice. Terrible film director for the most part. He's made two good movies. He made a movie called The Quiet American with Brendan Fraser and Michael Caine. Oh, yeah. Uh, in 2002. Sure. But his most recent film is called... Desperate Hour, and it stars Naomi Watts, uh, just Naomi Watts. There's literally no other character in the film. She's got uh, a son who is essentially believed to be enacting a school shooting, and the entire movie takes place with her. She's on a jog, and she hears about this through her headphones. Somebody calls her or something, and she's like, hears about it, and then she's got to jog all the way to the school to see if her son has committed a mass shooting. Uh... (laughs) <laughs> it's terrible. It's a terrible what? movie. I'm really glad that you're graduating. It really it's it's like a movie that like takes a school shooting and uses it as a plot point for like a for like a thriller. And he's probably saying to himself, "This is so timely." Oh, I'm making such great points here. Such great point. <laughs> do you want to see that film, MJ? I do not. <laughs> this is also uh, I, I no. <laughs> one of the many screenplays that uh, that Joe Estrahas wrote in the wake of Basic Instinct. Uh, <laughs> he was paid seven million dollars to write this movie. What? what, what huh? <laughs> huh? He was paid seven million dollars to write this movie. I've written better grocery lists. <laughs> I've written better birthday cards. You have. You have. A woman moves into an apartment building in the immediate wake of the woman who has lived there before her getting, I guess, well, they think she committed suicide jumping off of her balcony. She also, this woman who lived there before Sharon Stone happened to look exactly like Sharon Stone. That's true. Uh, so she, she, she finds this out as she's moving in that somebody keeps telling her, like, you look exactly like her. And nobody finds this weird. Yeah, right. <laughs> not not only that, but like uh, it was uh, the fact that okay, so she's looking for this apartment, and and by the way, thank God for Colleen Camp in this fucking movie. You know, she's what would you call her? Executive uh, exposition. 
assist, yeah. Executive assistant expo- exposition. Yeah. Exposition. Yeah. Um, and, and she, she's there to tell us that Sharon Stone was married for seven years and not married anymore. And she needs to get back out there and start meeting men and getting fucked. Yeah. Getting, getting fucked. <laughs> cause, cause why is she, why is she just sewing? She has what's wrong with the, the assistant. She's got what wrong with her. Oh shit. You wrote it down. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh. Pla- uh, she's got a plastic yeast infection. <laughs> Because uh, she's actual ha- line in the movie, actual line in the movie, and it's because she's having a better time with her, <clears throat> with her sexual age. She's, she's spending more time with her with her dildo than she is with any man. Which, by the way, don't knock it till you try it. <laughs> and secondly, you still don't want to hear about it from Colleen Camp in this movie. Oh. And and she's she's so sassy, and she wears these bright bold colors, uh, you know, to contrast with Sharon Stone's oatmeal outfits that she's wearing throughout. <laughs> and the hat you claim she's incor- incorrectly wearing. Okay, sorry, it was two. <laughs> and it's a beret. I thought it and was the same hat. No, two different ones. One oh. was dark, one was light. And... Wait, she bought two different colors of that same stupid hat? Wouldn't you? <laughs> it's a beret. And she's, she's pulling it down over her eyes, practically. That's not how you wear it, Sharon. Not how you wear it at all. Fucking get a hat that works. Again, I'm I'm a professional hat wearer, so I know this. <laughs> professional <coughs> went to the University of Hats. That's right. Uh, uh, Chapeaux. <laughs> University of Chapeaux. It's French. Don't worry about it. You wouldn't understand. And you um, majored in berets. I majored in berets, obviously. And I was going to be a, a milliner, but then I, I I chose to get out of millinery work oh. and uh, go into. Was it all the, the chemicals and the, the madness? It, yeah, I mean, aside from you know all the the radioactive shit that I was putting on them, but I, I'm be- I'm better for it, really. The I'm mercury poisoning has let up. You know, that's a weird thing. I, they were like, "Why are you putting mercury in a hat?" And I'm like, <laughs> "Why aren't you putting mercury in your hats?" Is the question. Ask yourself that. <laughs> Do you not know this? Legitimately, the reason why we have a Mad Hatter is because people who made hats in the 1800s went insane because of mercury poisoning. Well, yeah. And then, like, (laughs) the people, like, think about it. Like, the shoes that they would wear, they'd use dyes. And the dyes, if if they were walking in these shoes for a long time, they would sweat. And the dyes from the, the shoes would go into their bodies and essentially poison them. So and the dyes all had these really caustic materials in them. Uh, so I'm glad that we don't live in bring that it time. Back. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm missing? Poisoning. I long for the old days. Yeah. You know what? Just put "Let's Go Brandon" on the shoes. There it is. Oh. Poison that. <laughs> Fucking. Like they'd probably come back stronger. It's... They probably would. <laughs> well, I mean, the, the flags are made of asbestos. <laughs> Here's hoping. Built for it. <laughs> you put up that flag, your fingers fall off. You had so it she, coming, Maga. Uh, <clears throat> so she moved in. Yeah. Oh, we're still talking about Sliver. Go ahead. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and she meets, uh, she falls into a, an immediate love triangle. Immediate. Yeah. With, uh, with Tom Berenger. He's so moist in this film. <laughs> He's a very 90s man. Tell, tell, tell how moist Tom Berenger was in this film. On a scale of zero to ten, eleven. He was eleven. And what was the creepiest moisture that you saw in this film on Tom Berenger? Uh, definitely in the woods. 
<laughs> As he's chasing down this girl, trying to get her to talk to him, so when she clearly doesn't want to talk to him. Oh, such after... strong incel energy going on. Yes. He, like, scares the shit out of her. She's, like, jogging in New York, and, like, one thing maybe you shouldn't do to a jogger in New York is leap out at them and try and grab them. No, they love that. <laughs> they love it out in New York. You should do that to every one of them. <laughs> Yes. So he does that. That's his seduction technique. (laughs) It's his mating call. Oh, my God. His ritual. That's so gross. Well, okay. And then the other one was on his mouth in the dark and behind his ear. It was behind his ear and on his mouth. It was like, at one point, MJ's like, is he salivating? Like, he's just drooling. He's just (laughs) drooling. I feel like he was like, just woke up from a nap, was drooling, and it just went down. (laughs) And it just stayed there. Just stayed there. Oh. Anyway, yeah. So th- there's a lot of him uh, talking when no one wants him to talk. He has to. He has to respond to every single thing every person every says. Every conversation everybody's having during this party, he has to step in and like loudly make that the main conversation that he is at the center of. Yes, like, he's so loud, <laughs> so yell- loud. He's always yelling. Why is he always yelling? So it's angry. aggressive and loud. <laughs> like, it's not even excited loud. It's aggressive loud. Like, dude, what? T- yeah. Take a pill. Sit take down, it, take man. Take it down. Come on. He is a creepy serial killer. Like, we do know that by yes. the end. By the end. But, like, they really want us, like, they want to make him kind of the red herring for a while. Yeah. Because it's really just a movie filled with terrible people and yeah. Sharon Stone. And Sharon Stone. <laughs> Which actually, I mean, Sharon, obviously you look fantastic, but you're wearing a hat wrong. And you, know, you look great in this film, though. I don't want to assign too much importance to a movie like this. But as, as a woman, Amy, uh, doesn't this movie like, feel like your experience of daily life? Because it's like one guy is just creepy, wa- creepily watching everybody on cameras. And the other guy is just forcing himself down your throat. Oddly enough, I've been in both situations. <laughs> Um, and one quite literally. <laughs> and uh, you know what that is? That's called assault. And that's why I don't see him anymore. Um, yeah, th- this whole thing is a fucking nightmare, especially with Tom Berenger, especially the, the running uh, after her. You're, you're giving me that face. It just reminded me of when you thought that there was the statue that could have been bugged. <gasps> <laughs> I forgot about that. At my old apartment? Oh, yes. my God. Yes. Yes. The yes. Statue. <gasps> and that's why I wanted to get rid of it, because yes. it freaked me out. Because you thought there was someone like, put a device on a statue? One person in particular, and I, I actually, he said he found it on the, like, found it somewhere, and he's like, oh, you'll like this. I, I had to, like, throw it away. <laughs> because it, yeah, and we kept looking at it, like, we were, MJ and I were, like, we're, we're feeling all over it. And it's like, I did not want to throw away a Buddha statue. I did not want to, because to me, it's like, that's sacred. Right. But I didn't know how else to get rid of it, and I was positive I was being watched. And having it given to you with that energy is bad luck anyway, (laughs) so... So, yes. A Buddha would tell you to read that by. I'm telling you, I wish I would have listened a year and a half sooner, because I I didn't. (laughs) But yeah, this this movie... um, I'm not going to say it's triggering because I can't stand that word now, but it definitely, it, it makes, it makes you feel, um, really fucking uncomfortable, really uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. That's Joe Astrihausen in a nutshell, nutshell, but, uh, 
<laughs> in a nutshell. In a nutshell. <laughs> um, so nutshell. Billy Baldwin, who we saw recently in, in was it Three of Hearts? It was it? Three of Hearts, and uh, right? he, playing playing another sex worker, I guess. Uh, <laughs> or so we think. No, just the, just another creep, really. Until we find uh, out he's a billionaire and he owns a fucking building. Yeah, that's the big twist. He's a billionaire who owns the entire building, and he's outfitted the entire building with every camera possible, like the. Cameras that did not exist in 1993. No. Like. <laughs> Very advanced technological work there. Yeah, it's weird because, like, you know, touchscreens didn't go anywhere after that. <laughs> that, was, that was, but his, like, and then that gigantic it's, remote, I love that thing. That was it huge. is quite future tech. I gotta give him that. Yeah, but, I mean, you could does. We do feel like now, today, we're in a fucking surveillance state. I mean, it, yeah, big and, brother. And that's basically what he's doing 30 years ago. Billy Baldwin thought of this? <laughs> I mean, at least spring for some color TVs, though. I fucking hate everything in black and white. I can't see shit on those. So he's watching everybody in the building. He is also owns the building and arranged to have uh, Sharon Stone moved in. Uh, Creepily. And then uh, sets about uh, sending her a telescope so he can figure out if she's a voyeur or not. Yeah, he just... Uh, and apparently everybody else in the building also had telescopes except for... Beringer's character. Did you notice that in the conversation? Because he didn't want to fuck you. That's true. <laughs> but I think some of the other old guys they said did. that they had Gus them did. too. Yeah. Yeah. Gus, how did I remember his fucking name? It, it, yeah, it's just kind of one that's there. I mean, he he dies pretty quickly. He dies pretty it quickly. It does make you wonder about it. Well, maybe Billy Baldwin is really progressive. <laughs> <laughs> He's into that? He's into geriatric porn? I mean, he's watching that guy in the shower at one point. That's how he, fa- that's how he found the dead guy. He saw him in the shower. That's Gus, <laughs> the octogenarian. Gus, yeah. I don't who, care where he's who people from. like Baldwin was accused of killing him. Yeah. But it was actually Tom Berenger who killed him. Yeah. What, was it Tom Berenger that killed him? Uh, yeah, because Tom Berenger is the one who killed, killed uh, the woman who lived in the apartment before. Well, yeah, but that doesn't necessarily mean that he killed both of them. Good point. And also... Well, because Gus was asking questions about the girl, though. That's why he killed him. Okay. But Billy Baldwin was the one who called the called the, the ambulance because he said he went down. I don't... No, he didn't go down there. He was watching him on his camera. That's yeah. what I'm saying. But, like, okay, and then... So did Behringer kill Vida, too? Yeah. The great Polly Walker, by the way, who plays Vida. I loved in this. That, we thought it was a red herring, but no, that was actually when we that really see was him, him in the hallway. Yeah, when he comes running after her after he killed, he actually did kill Vida. He didn't stumble on that scene. He actually did kill her. I wonder why he was wearing that beanie. <laughs> but at least he was wearing it right. <laughs> that's that's really all you a, care about. Just yeah, that the yeah. hats are weared right. Weared right. Weared right. I weared yeah. my hat right. So the twist of the movie <laughs> is, is that this creep, Ale- creep, William Baldwin. This creep William Baldwin character is watching people on cameras all over the building, and he's not the weird serial killer. <laughs> How? <laughs> Literally, like, it's it's the weirdest plot twist I've ever seen. Like, okay, yeah, he's a major creep, but um, he didn't kill the people he was stalking and creeping on. Someone else did that. <laughs> well, and here's here's something else that they didn't wrap up. Or maybe they did, and I just kind of, like, drifted off. Um, Tom Berenger showing uh, Sharon Stone's character, Carly, showing her pictures of 
Billy Baldwin's mother, yeah, who oddly looks very, very much like Sharon Stone and the prior tenant to that. And he's like, we're all going, oh, Oedipus complex. You know, you just want to fuck your mom. Okay, cool. Whatever. <laughs> not cool. This this movie's just going wherever the fuck not it wants. Cool. No, it's I mean, not- it's like, I'm not. I'm not <laughs> I'm not pro fuck your mother, <laughs> obviously. And I'm not. Who, who do you think I am? But don't picture it. <laughs> but I mean, you know, obviously. But did they did they tie that up? Because that's fucking creepy. No, they don't. I don't think they wrap that up in any way. Like, I think it was wrapped up by that <laughs> scene. It was just, he, he, yeah, that's true of me. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's true. <laughs> like, what was the point of having a separate murderer? Like, really, what? Was it just for the shock value? Did like, Tom Berenger just want to just want to shut him down? Like he just didn't like him. I, I don't. I think no. Tom Berenger wasn't aware that that uh, that Billy Baldwin could see everything that was being done, uh, or was he? I don't know. See, it, the movie's terrible. It's so bad. Yeah. Uh, no, Tom Berenger just happens to be a guy who like he he killed he killed the woman who lived in Carly's apartment before she did. Yeah. And then uh, he then he killed the old man to cover it up. He killed Vida to cover it up. Uh, every murder that he committed was to cover up anybody who was looking into the murder. But you know what the weird part is? At the beginning, he's the one looking into the murder. He's the one that's like, oh, it wasn't a suicide. I know it wasn't a suicide. It was a murder. Yeah, because that's, yeah. that's when he was pitching his book. Because he was writing a book about a murderer. Oh, so, so- did he kill her for the book then? Yeah. Okay, that makes more sense. I was just like, there was literally no reason for him to kill her. Like, it's it just funny that we're even trying to like apply logic <laughs> at all to it. <laughs> Honestly, to a movie that's that's basically just mostly just gross sex. <laughs> I, yeah. Can, can can we talk about that for a minute? The gross sex. Yes. Um. It, it, just just one of the gross sexes. The first one, because none of us can figure out. If Sharon Stone is crying, if she's in pain, why she fucks like a board, like okay. a, a wood plank. I do have the backstory on this. <coughs> I no. do. Uh, oh, no. According okay. to Philip Noyce, Sharon Stone and William Baldwin disliked each other so much that they asked that their scenes be filmed separately whenever possible. <laughs> Which is hard because well, they're having sex a lot in this movie. A lot. Who, okay, so, who casts two people that don't like each other as They probably love didn't realize they didn't like each other until they met. Still, <laughs> just like change the casting later. If, if, if that, that's not going to work well. It's, it's not going to work. work well. So what might explain that scene? While filming a kissing scene, Sharon Stone bit William Baldwin's tongue with such force that he couldn't talk properly for days afterwards. Oh, uh, uh, <laughs> Now, I want to see that movie. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, you know. So did she Did she sabotage the movie? Because of him? I, I wonder. Because, like, those sex scenes are not sexy. They're not no. sexy. They're, they're, they're very uncomfortable. They're actually the opposite of sexy. Like, she seems to be implying a backstory to her character that like, is all sexual trauma. That this guy is like, you know, forcing to the surface. I actually thought about that. That's weird that you said that. Yeah. Because I'm wondering, it's like, okay, so why is she why is she having sex with him that way? 
and again, it's just like, you know, it's like a, you're, you're clocking a board against a person's body. That's what it was like. And then the, the, there was, there was a tear. Like she did seem scared of him. Like if she didn't fuck him, he would kill her kind of thing. That was me that maybe that was just projecting, but if so, that, that really upsets me because I really just wanted it to be a bad sex scene. Yeah, no, you get it. Yeah, if you really think about it, like I think at some point in the script, like she had that, that whole thing about her husband, leaving her husband, I think it was related to some sort of sexual trauma and that she was playing that into the sex scenes, but then they cut that part out, but still held to her performance where she's acting out the sexual trauma that her character is supposed to have. Uh, like that's her that's her arc i guess that they cut out of the movie and i don't have this in front of me this is not me i'm just i'm just intuiting this yeah i think that's part of the character i think they cut that out but then when they went to film the sex scenes she's still thinking that and so she her arc is supposed to be going from like this person who is very sexually repressed to being somebody who is willing to accept a sexual partner for the first time since her sexual trauma and then the sex scenes progressively get more comfortable not good. Not good. <laughs> but More. comfortable. For them. Yeah. But then she's like betrayed in this massive way by him being this creepy voyeuristic creep. Uh, who's, who's basically having sex with every woman in that building. Yeah. Yeah. Well, My movie makes more sense. It also makes me really <laughs> sad now. So that's, uh, I mean, yeah. it was going to do that anyway. But I mean, <laughs> yeah. Jesus. You're welcome. Party downer, man. <laughs> so we're at a rave and you're playing tie yellow ribbon around the old oak tree. <laughs> so much for the acid, you know? Jesus Christ. <laughs> my, my preferred rave material is uh, the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. Gordon Lightfoot. <laughs> R.I.P. R.I.P. Gordon Lightfoot. Uh, what was your favorite scene? Um, I... I don't know. I think, oh, I think the only scene that I actually liked was her helping um, her neighbor move in or, like, move her stuff inside. Yeah, bite at her stuff in the hallway, and she helped her take it in. Yeah, like, that was the most interesting part of the film, I think. Vida's apartment. <laughs> yes, Vida's yes. apartment is way more interesting than anything in the movie. She is living, like, this amazing life, just bright and colorful, like, her, I loved her architecture. Her, I did too. Her, her aesthetic. It was, was very, fantastic. very early '90s for me, which is one of my favorites. It's very bold. It's very like real world. Yeah, kind of like uh, you know, but better that, than IKEA. That apartment is in the in the movie for two minutes, and it makes the best impression of any apartment in that building. Easily, yes. easily, and then all I, I even enjoyed all of Vida's luggage. I was really enjoying looking nice. at all the different types of luggage Vida had. That apartment looked like someone named Vida lived in it. That's true. And she, you know, God, Polly Walker, British, fucking love everything about it. When, when, when she, you knew she was going to get killed. And yeah. that really bummed me out because it's like, okay, we'll just wait until this happens because you know it's coming. I think you've mixed up the actors. Because you <laughs> said that the assistant was Polly Walker. No, that's Colleen Camp. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. No, I said Vida was played by <laughs> Polly Walker, you fucker. <laughs> anyway. Uh, the one thing that didn't pay off was that ridiculous sculpture in Billy Baldwin's living room. Oh, no. Nothing ever happened with that. They set up this giant sh light that it's has like, a, like this big sharp top to it. And you think somebody's going through that. Someone is going to be Someone's getting dropped on it. On yeah. That. That's how this movie has to end. An impalement. 
And, and, and otherwise, again, it goes back to that thing we were talking about last week with Carnosaur. Don't add stupid nonsense to your movie that doesn't have any purpose of being there because it just pulls focus away from uh, from the scene. Yep. There's this giant light fixture in the middle of the room that's lit up. It's got this sharp like uh, peak on it. Yeah, I'm not it's sure what like, it's supposed to evoke. Like a like a pyramid kind of shape, but really super sharp. Yeah, and she was even touching it at one point. She, she was, was yeah, like rubbing kind of, it. Kind of yeah. With it. <laughs> yeah, and it was like okay. Is that gonna, that looks like it'll be important? That's nope. gonna go into somebody's back. That's what we thought for that sure. Is, that is bad production design. It is. I when agree. Something pulls focus away from what's happening in the scene. It's bad production design. Whereas Vida's apartment wasn't pulling focus. It enhanced the character of Vida because, again, like I said, that looks like an apartment that someone named Vida lives in. Yeah, and her personality and you know coke binges. It just <laughs> they fit in that room. You know what I mean? By the way, <laughs> you want to know another cut scene from this movie? No, there was no. supposed to be. A, there was supposed to be a scene between uh, Vida and Tom Berenger where they're having masochistic sex, dressed all in leather. Uh, uh, I would have loved that scene, <laughs> <laughs> just because it, it it would have added to you know the already kind of. No, I'm sorry, it wouldn't. I just I would have loved to see it anyway. It was added as a rewrite as they were going along, and when they told the uh, when. When Polly Walker and Tom Berenger were told that this scene is going to have them uh, wearing S&M gear, they're like, no, we're not doing that. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Stand up for what you believe. Although, like I said, I like like leather. Just not on Tom Berenger. Oh, he'd be so sweaty in that. (laughs) Oh, oh, no, 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 no. Leather leather is sweaty. It is very sweaty. Oh, it's like when Ross takes off those leather pants. He can't get them back on. Oh, with the lotion and the powder. And and it's creating a paste. You know, it would have been nice if if somebody would have given some powder to Berenger in this film, though. Just just powder. Just powder, (laughs) please. Can we get powder over here? need to vent a time machine just to bring a shitload of baby powder back uh, yeah. to 1993. Just like, here you go. Yeah. Have your powder and stop this. <laughs> exactly. You know, we had talcum powder back then. <laughs> Gave a lot of people a lot of, a lot of diseases. Mm. Not diseases, virus. No, not viruses. Cancers. And it gave people cancers, the talcum oh, powders. Well, that's good. Yeah. But I mean, if he would have put it on. So the, the implications of this next piece of IMBD, IMDb trivia. IMBDS. Um, <laughs> Is, is weird, and I want you to kind of try. We're going to try and unpack this. The original script called for a different ending in which Zeke turns out to be the killer, but it was reshot when it fared poorly with test audiences. I want you to say that again. Um, <laughs> um. Zeke was going to be the killer of the original script, which, which makes sense because right. he's a creepy, voyeuristic weirdo. Right. But it tested poorly with test audiences who apparently liked Billy Baldwin so much that they didn't want him to be the killer. Um, um. <laughs> but he's so... 1993, are you okay? Yeah, right? <laughs> are you all right, 1993? He's so icky, though. Like, in he's but so he's, icky. He plays cameras in everybody's apartment and watches them all day. Yeah, but that's okay, because he's cute. <laughs> he's secretly taped having sex with every woman that he had sex with without telling them. But he's really hot. (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm just a test audience here. (laughs) How does somebody look at that and think, oh, that one. Yeah. That one. That's what I want. That's gonna do it. 
Was that scene of her like her vibing with the uh, voyeur thing? Was that like there to like maybe set the seeds for a happy ending? Like where they live together as sort of like camera vendors, like like oh okay yeah. So they they do they do one good thing, (laughs) one good thing. This this what did you say? He's like a movie. Are you fit to carry this (laughs) this heavy? Yeah, subplot. Yeah. yeah, this heavy subplot. So there's this there's this young girl, and apparently she's being diddled by her stepdad. Is mm-hmm. that it? That seems to be the implication. And yeah. it's terrifying. And she tells her mom, and we see that on Billy Baldwin's cameras, her telling her mom, and her mom just slaps her across the face and tells her she's a liar. Yeah, yeah, because don't like, believe your kids. This movie cannot yeah. carry this kind of weight. No. <laughs> this is not... Movie, this is not for you. Nope. No. <laughs> Any other film. You know what? I, I'd take a whole lifetime film about that instead of watching this. And the, it didn't make, it didn't change it. It didn't do anything for me. It, it doesn't, it doesn't well, enhance it, the film. I think, I think what it's there for is to enhance the idea that he's not a bad guy. Except like that you are. <laughs> and here's why. He hacked into her work computer. <laughs> he sends her roses. And again, this as somebody who's had this done, not hacked into my work computer, but has sent me roses and done shit like that at work. It's weird. Don't do it. Don't do it. You know, if you're, if you're, if you're married. Roses are an anniversary gift. They're yeah. an anniversary yeah. gift. Um, but, you know, if you've just been casually dating. Courting is not where that goes. Don't do that. It was literally the day after the first time they slept together. The day, the day after. after. Mm. She had 15 dozen roses delivered to her apartment. 15 dozen. That is so, so intense. It's, that's, A, I mean, the apartment's well, going to smell great. But now, I wonder, that leads me back to his seduction technique, Billy Baldwin. Could you when, call it that? His seduction technique is to say, let's go to the gym. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that, that was red flag number one for both of us, because I'm like, fuck you. No. That that is not a date. That is not a date. <laughs> and, and and he's like, no, it's going to be fun. There'll be no, no. mirrors. There, yeah, except that there's mirrors there. <laughs> there's mirrors everywhere. And there's people. There's lots of people. Are we body shaming Sharon Stone? Is that what the movie is? That is, what? is the movie body shaming Sharon Stone? Because she's uh... fucking beautiful and like well, like she's easily in the best shape of her life. She's fucking gorgeous, top notch. And then she's like, um, I don't want to exercise. <laughs> don't, yeah. Don't, I don't make me do it. it. And he's like insistent. He just like makes her do it. She, she already goes jogging. She's fine. Yeah. Like, okay. Thank you. Th- there it is right there. Now, if anything, that should have told us all. And, you know, you would she, think that he would know that since he has cameras everywhere. Literally. She did go. I mean, we don't know why. And then, and then he uses that to, to have sex with her afterwards. That's true. Then they go back, have a beer, and all of a sudden he's Dick deep into her. How sweaty were they at that point? Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> you know one or both has swamp ass, too, because you can't not have that after the gym. Full workout sweat. Oh, butt grit. It's all happening down there. You know what? You, you, well, you can do this, but you stay up here. You stay up here. Because I don't want that down there. <laughs> and he dares to enter her from behind. Oh, wow. Oh, it's so sweaty. Yeah. Oh, That's so sweaty. follow-up scene. Yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> so much. There was so much just packed into that one day or night or whatever. It was like, uh, uh, no. And you poor thing, you had no. your t-shirt over your face half the time. <laughs> I was just like, nope, I'm turtling into my shirt. Turtling. 
has to turtle because you know, and then I had to I had to pull out uh, our emotional support, Robbie, and ask where the movie touched you. <laughs> yeah, and you you just all, all everywhere, all. everywhere. And he, Robbie's actually he's a smiling cardboard cutout, but he looked really sad during this movie. I don't know if it was just me again projecting, but he seems a little sad. So. All of 1993 appears to be very sad. It's true. <laughs> Aside from Dave. Aside from Dave and Loaded Weapon. Dave is a ray of sh- sunshine. That's true. That is, <laughs> yeah, thank you, Dave. We needed you. We appreciate you, Dave. We very much appreciate you. And your name is Dave, so we, we got to love any Dave, really, that uh, we can. It's hard to believe that Jurgen Proke now turned down this movie to be in Body of Evidence. Uh, what was the decision maker there, Jurgen? <laughs> You know, I'd like to see that what balanced the scales, you know, what tipped the scales rather to one side. Uh, you wanted to see William Willem Dafoe's confusingly large penis. I mean, oh, <laughs> that's that's time we're never going to get back. No. Oh, that hurts. <laughs> but I would have liked to see Jurgen play the Tom Berenger character. That would have been film. a much better performance. I would have preferred it. Yeah. Yes. So and we would have gotten more of him. And, and you know what? Maybe the test audience would have liked him, and then we would have had the original Billy ending. Baldwin yeah. would have been the, the, the murderer. Maybe yeah. that's the theory that we should go with, is that test audiences hated Tom Berenger so much, make him the killer is our note that there we're giving is. you. Yes! Yes! <laughs> see, that. see that. He's so obnoxious, and we hate him so much. He should be the killer. He should be the killer. I think we can all agree. Even those of you who haven't seen the film, I think we can all agree. Tom Berenger is terrible in this movie. He's just so obnoxious. It's such an obnoxious performance. Yes, I it hate really it. is. It's so loud. It's so too much. It's his voice. Yes. Everything he says. There's a scene where he's trying to... So he's, And I know he's the villain eventually. We learn that he's the villain. So it makes sense that he can't control his emotions maybe. That's what he's playing. I, I kind of get what he's playing. But, like, he's trying to convince Sharon Stone that William Baldwin is the bad guy, not him. And his way of doing this is to break into her apartment and sit there in the dark smoking a cigarette. And then when she comes into her apartment, start yelling at her. Right. He just starts yelling. Yeah. His voice just keeps rising. That's how I like to start her. all discourse. Just that's, just immediately out of the gate, just start screaming at people. The most thing you could do is just continuously yell at a person to get them to believe you. He, and he, he's smoking so much in this film. And we, when we first meet him, he's smoking. Oh, Tom Berenger, how are your lungs, man? Uh, also, you know, like, I wouldn't appreciate it if I were Sharon Stone's character and you're smoking in my apartment when I don't smoke. How do you even know if, like, yeah, like, how do you know if that's cool or not? That's, that's it's, not cool. Just, everybody just assumed, just right. go ahead and smoke. And as, as, a, as a sometimes smoker, I would never dream of lighting up in somebody's house that isn't my own, ever. No, That's just a dick move. No one smokes in my apartment. No, and they shouldn't. That's your space, you know? That's icky. That's icky. Well, but Tom Berenger's character is just straight up fucking icky. 1993 is icky. It's true. Yes. <laughs> it was a very icky time. Yeah. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. We couldn't see it because we were icky teenagers at the time. Yeah, but we were better than this movie, Sean. <laughs> you know, I was 15, you were 16. We were just, we were just trying to survive at that point. MJ didn't exist at this point. That's true. That's why our <laughs> lives were not complete. You've completed us now. Yeah, you know. Weird trio. Does it does it make you sad that we're trying to pull you into our our 
our sadness of 1993? Uh, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and then I watch a movie like Dave, and I'm like, okay, yeah, all right, yeah. See, we're not all bad. <laughs> our our trauma is not as bad as it seems. <laughs> I mean, it, it is. It is. It's deeply ingrained. But you know. well, we have a decision for next week. No, we don't. We don't. All right, give the names. <laughs> uh, we have a, a Sylvester Stallone rock climbing movie called Cliffhanger. And we have the live action Super Mario Brothers starring Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo. So we don't have a choice then. <laughs> <laughs> I am not fucking sitting through Cliffhanger. I fucking hate that movie. I, I just don't like anything Sylvester Stallone's in. So you'd rather sit through Super Mario Brothers? Fuck yeah. Well, MJ wants to compare it to the new film. Oh, sure, yes. Compare it to the new film. Just speaking for you. You're welcome. I just, I, I don't see... You really want to watch a rock climbing film? <laughs> I think it might be less memorable. <laughs> you want to... Wanna... Do you know what the reputation of the Super Mario Brothers movie is? Yeah, it's pretty fucking bad. It's terrible. Yeah. It's really awful. But I love Bob Hoskins. And John Leguizamo. R.I.P. What? Bob, Bob Hoskins. Oh, God. I'm like, don't fucking say that after I say John Leguizamo, because I'm like, no. It's you just on the Daily Show. Health. Bob Hoskins died 10 years ago. I know. Still not over it. I mean, I, I am. I've moved on. Still. <laughs> um, all right, we can do Cliffhanger, but I swear to God. No, no, no. You guys want Mario. It's but, no, fine. I, I literally was speaking. It's which which the, do you want? Do you want a rock climbing worst. film? <laughs> With, with Sylvester Stallone, who can barely enunciate a fucking word. Or do you want the Mario Brothers film where Bob Hoskins can barely enunciate a normal word? Uh, well, I hate rock climbing, personally, so... Mario Brothers. I'm going to go with Mario Brothers. Cause... We win. <laughs> we win. <laughs> wait, till, wait till you see the well, movie. Wait till you see Dennis Hopper's be... performance, and then you'll decide if you won or not. Oh, who does he play in it? He plays the uh, Bat King Koopa. It's so bad. We're going to have so much fun with it. <laughs> I promise you. Not like, not like, it's not going to be like the way we saw Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, like that one, but it's going to be like that kind of pain. <laughs> I think. Except that movie was fun, but you know. We'll never get that time back. No. We'll never get that time back. No, we won't. No. We won't. And you're wrong. It's a dumb little movie for babies. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> should, should we end the, the the podcast the way that the film ends? <laughs> just like it just ends. Just it just ends. It just ends. We like, have we have no, no fucking wrap up. No. No resolution. No resolution to William Baldwin. He's just gonna go on. You know, he's just gonna replace all the TVs that she shot. Uh, That's yeah. it. Yeah. And, and he can because he's a fucking billionaire. Um, she's accomplished she nothing. Do? It's just going to take him like a year to get that up back up and running again. But you know, here's the thing though. She accomplishes one thing and that's going to be the headache she has for having to move out of the goddamn high rise. <laughs> <laughs> and what's Sharon Stone's last line in the film? Do you remember? Get a life. There it get is. Get a life. Yeah. That, that, that was the moral of the whole movie was get, get a life. Get a life. Get a life. Yeah, that was Joe Esterhaus. He's like, yeah, you should say get a life at the end of it. (laughs) 
that's that's my contribution to this film. You, you had a life. It was as a creepy voyeur watching all these people on camera. I'm honest. That's more uh, of a life than I have. That's so. his life. That's he, a, yeah, that's true. You, know, you, don't, you may not like his lifestyle choice, but... <laughs> <laughs> Who are we to judge? <laughs> Amy, how did they get the video podcast? Oh, you just have to send a self-addressed stamped envelope to 6969... Pueblo, Colorado, 696969. And I know the address changes, but that's because I change houses daily. So you can't find where I live. Um, and then also you can go to our Patreon, which is a basket right outside of my house next to a tree. And that will always be here. Yeah. So I'll just come right, and check it. It's right next to Amy's Facebook page. Pictures pinned to... Uh, to, to the, to the, to the wood. And trust me, the thing is, wood, it can't feel. So that's why I hammer <laughs> lots of things into it. So you can do that for now, yeah. uh, because pretty soon a real Patreon is going to go up, oh, wow. and our social media is actually going to go to the information superhighway. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm really looking forward to 1996 when that's invented. So Amy even got a www. I did. Yeah. I got. I got. I got us. A, yeah, it's going to be great. And it's all decorated with just GeoCities uh, and like lots of blingy. So it's very sparkly. And uh, it's it's basically green. It's going to hurt your eyes, is what I'm telling you. It's going to hurt your eyes for a while. <laughs> You've got to, only if you can navigate the web ring. That's that, you have to navigate the web ring. Uh, and then if if you can't get on, it has an immediate link to Oregon Trail. So <laughs> either way, you're going to have a good time. You're going to have a good time. So, but yeah, keep, keep on the lookout because those uh, those those socials, as the kids say, are going up here in about two weeks. And also. We are going to be live video recording our podcast. Not live, but video recording at least. You'll be able to actually see how beautiful all three of us are. Because <laughs> we're going to have that up on our YouTube channel that's going to be starting up too. Oh my gosh. I know. Well, I mean, you know, it's... It, it's you, did you re- finally run out of VHS tapes? No, I've got plenty. I mean, we're still going to do that. For I mean, I know you old schoolers. You can't get, a, get rid of your VHS. So uh, we're going to keep that going. Maybe we might actually graduate to DVD though. We'll see. We'll see. Only only DVDs available in Britain, though. Oh yeah, they're pal. You you have to have the the region. You can't have a region free one. It has to be no. like region two, region four. Yeah, that's how that works. That's how that works because we have to make it difficult. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs>